It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Turns and conditions apply. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Pittsburgh Steeler fans, welcome back to another episode of Steeler Stats. This is behind the steel curtain co-editor, Dave Schofield, coming at you on a Thursday morning. We are exactly one week removed from the first day of the 2021 NFL Draft. Boy, whoo, it was a crazy weekend. If you uh, if you listen to our audio podcasts and you caught all our breaking news, um episodes that we had out there that were just short podcasts telling you about the picks. Man, oh man, you probably could go another week before you had to hear my voice again because we did a lot of them. There ended up being nine after planning on being eight because the Steelers traded up, well, not traded up, traded into the fifth round uh, to get an extra pick this year, gave up a fourth round pick from next year. Don't really like their reasoning behind it. The reasoning was they thought they would be getting a comp pick, so it made sense to do it. I don't know that it made the most sense to do it based on the player they got, but you know what? Time will tell if this pays off. But what what we're going to look at today, we're going to look at actually a um, a question slash conversation I was having with a regular listener of the show that uh, I've already covered one of his questions before. And he brought up an interesting point, and I'm like, you know what? I'm going to look this up and see if there is a correlation, if there is something going on. And that is, did the Steelers go big in the 2021 NFL Draft? And when we mean big, the question was about size. So I'm. This is from 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 Rick Feel that uh, had posed the question before, 
And he just was having a conversation with me and he noticed that he used the example of, of the corners and how the Steelers have moved on from Mike Hilton and Steven Nelson. Um, and they have players such as Cam Sutton and Justin Lane or James Pierre, whichever one you think is going to be the guy. Um, and he brought up the point of, did they get bigger at the cornerback position? Because, you know, if you say Sutton's going to go in at, and start off at the outside corner opposite of Joe Hayden, I mean, obviously nothing changes with Joe Hayden. Um, he's about the same size as Steven Nelson. I don't have the weights here for them in front of me. I just have their their heights that, that Rick was discussing with me that they were both 5'11". But if Sutton is the player that slides in to play the inside in sub-package and someone else comes in to play the outside, then Sutton at 5'11 would be replacing the 5'9 Mike Hilton. And either Lane or, most, in my opinion, most likely Pierre at 6'2", either one of them are 6'2", would be going in to replace the 5'11 Nelson and saying how they got a little bit bigger at the cornerback position. So then he was looking at it, looking at Najee Harris and things like that, and saying, did the Steelers use the draft to get bigger? So it just got me thinking. So I'm like, you know what? I'm going to dive into this, and I'm going to see. I'm going to look at every draft pick that the Steelers had this year, and the players they are either replacing because they were lost or could be an upgrade over, and see how they compare size-wise. So that's what we're going to that's the numbers we're going to be looking at today. We're going to be looking at the height and weight of the draft picks and compare them to what the Steelers have had. Now, the question is where do you get that information? Because that information could be all over the place. Um with the Steelers fifth round draft pick in Loudermilk, there was numbers all over the place because of what he played at last year versus what he measured at at his pro day. Usually we go by the combine. There was no combine. So I'd like, I could start piecing together um, some of these statistics, you know, these, these heights and weights from other places and see if I can get a consensus. And then I thought, you know, I've said this before, work smarter, not harder. And that is, why don't I go and use somebody else that will have done the same thing and see what they report, and I will use their numbers. And that source, as I use quite often, is Pro Football Reference. So I'm going by the heights and weights listed on Pro Football Reference for the Steelers' 2021 draft picks. Now, I also use Pro Football Reference for the players I compare them to. And part of, and that was good because some of these players aren't on the Steelers anymore. But for everyone that was on the Steelers, it's obvious Pro Football Reference got this information from the same place that the Steelers website has. So players that I'm going to compare them to that are still on the team, you know, like a Benny Snell, like um, like a Chukso Korafor, any of those players that we might mention here. The heights and weights that they have at PFR are the same things that they have at Steelers.com. So it should be good information. I'm hoping and praying that this is all good information. If it's not, I'm sorry, but as you learn, whenever you go to report on things, be consistent with your sources. So I'm using the same source for everything. So that's the best I can do. So let's dive into this one round at a time. Then when we're done in the second half of the show, the hope is we're going to look back at some of the trends we looked at last Thursday that I was talking about the, the trends that the Steelers had done in the draft and would they break them or keep them? And we're going to see what happened. So we'll just go back and revisit that quickly at the end. So here we go. Let's dive in. Let's go look at Najee Harris, who is listed 
as 6'2 and 230 pounds. If you're looking at him as a replacement for James Conner, you are basically looking at a one-for-one replacement in size because James Conner um, was 6'1", so you're you know one inch shorter, but 233, a couple pounds heavier. So basically, you're kind of probably looking the same. Now, the question was, did James Conner slim down some? Since I don't know what the most common, uh, sorry, most recent weight they had from James Conner, because you know when a lot of times with these running backs, when they come to the Steelers, they say, hey, for year two, let's see if we can drop some of the pounds. Um, And and that's interesting. So right now, I I wouldn't call Harris as a a big size upgrade to Conner based on these numbers. But the other thing you could be looking at, well, James Conner's gone. What if you're looking at, let's say, for example, the person who would be assumed to be the, the, the top person on the depth chart before drafting Harris would have been Benny Snell Jr., who is 5'10", 224. So therefore, you did get a little bit bigger there if you're looking at that kind of upgrade. So did the Steelers get bigger at, at running back? Maybe a little. Definitely bigger than what they would have had otherwise, but I don't know if it'll be bigger than last year is, is the best way to say that one. So then let's go to uh, Pat Frerermuth, or as Jeff Hartman likes to say, Frothy Muth. Uh, like or like I like to say, can't wait to be at Heinz Field in order to scream "mooth" um, during a during a catch. I'm looking forward to that one. Uh, I hope that didn't kill your ears on the podcast side here that that uh, that comes through somewhat clearly. But Friermuth is or Friermuth. I'm going to continue to to butcher the names. Um, he's listed at six five two sixty, which if you compare that to the departed and retired Vance McDonald. He was 6'4", 267. So Freyermuth is a little bit taller, a little bit lighter. So taller, not necessarily bigger. So just something to remember. But if you also want to look at, let's say, maybe replacing the next guy on the, on the depth chart, if you look at Zach Gentry, that dude's 6'8", 6'8", 265. So... Frermuth is actually, you know, being three inches shorter, but only five pounds lighter. Um, I mean, you can't say he's bigger, but you can say that maybe he carries his weight differently. But so I'm not saying that the Steelers really got any bigger at tight end. They just kept up with the status quo, which is a good thing when you're talking about size and things of that nature. So moving on to to the third round pick of Kendrick Green. This was, uh, as a lot of people know, this one was my favorite. I've seen various weights listed for him. Um, I saw one that was lighter than this, but this is what they have on Pro Football Reference, so I'm going with it. He is listed on Pro Football Reference as 6'4", 315. Okay? 6'4", 315. Some say he's a little bit undersized at center. Um, and I'm going at center, not at guard. So because I because the Steelers have already said that's where they want him to look to play right off the bat, um, to, to put him in there, in there at the center position. To compare him to the retired Marquise Pouncey, who was 6'4", 304. So you're talking same height, little bit, little bit more weight. If you want to compare him to who would have been, I assume would have been the top of the depth chart, would have been B.J. Finney, who still might be the top of the depth chart because I don't think they'll pencil Green in right away. He's going to have to earn it. B.J. Finney is also 6'4", but he's 318. So... Apparently, Green is a very similar size to B.J. Finney. If that's the case, then my goodness, did the Steelers do well because the athleticism and and 
what I would say lateral movement you can get from Green versus BJ Finney is way better. So I'm also not sure what weight BJ Finney's playing at. I know that was an issue last year. So so far, it's not that the Steelers have gotten a lot bigger, but they haven't gotten any smaller. So far, let's keep looking. Dan Moore Jr. out of Texas A&M. Tackle. Listed as 6'5", 315. All right, that sounds about right for a tackle. That's right about what you'd want to be. The, the recently departed Alejandro Villanueva, who is kind of now dead to us after some of his comments uh, that he made on Wednesday about various things with the Steelers, he is six foot nine, 320. So four inches more, but only five pounds more. So Moore's probably a little bit, you know, thicker for the height if you're talking about that, but he's not bigger. But if you also want to look at the other options the Steelers had, you can look at someone like Joe Haig that they brought in. Um, that would you would assume to start camp, he would be penciled in as the swing tackle, and can Dan Moore uh, sur- um, surpass him on the depth chart? Joe Haig is 6'6", 298. So I would say Dan Moore is bigger. I mean, you're talking you know, at least 15, if not 20 pounds more, depending on what weight they end up going, going and playing at. So that that's a little bit bigger than the other options they had. If you want to get really ambitious and say, oh, can he play left tackle over, you know, Chooks Okorafor? Chooks Okorafor is 6'6", 320. So Dan Moore is almost the same size as Chooks, you know, within an inch and within five pounds. So it's kind of, it, it, it's pretty close. So it's not like they got bigger there, unless you're talking about the possible swing tackle position where the Steelers had depth, then they got a little bit bigger there. Whew, there we go. We're, what are we? Almost halfway through after four picks? Man, it's crazy to think that the Steelers had nine draft picks. So their second fourth round pick was, was inside linebacker Buddy Johnson, also out of Texas A&M who he measures 6'2", 240, okay? He's a, he's a bigger inside linebacker than what the Steelers have. So I would definitely say they got bigger there because Vince Williams is 6'1", 233. Robert Spillane is 6'1", 229. And UG3 is 6 feet, 230. So you're talking that he's a little bit, I mean, he's definitely an inch taller, two inches taller compared to UG3, and a little bit heavier than those guys. So if he can move, then you just got an upgrade a little bit in size there. So there's a little bit of one. Here's one that was really interesting, what a lot of people want to wonder about. How about, I can't remember his, yes, I can, because it has two H's. Isaiah, (laughs) I don't know if you have to say the extra H or not. Isaiah Loudermilk, 6'7", and Pro Football Reference has him listed as 293. That's where they have him. So you're like, wow, what's going to happen? He's probably going to if bulk up for, for what they might possibly have, but 6'7". Um, if you wanted to compare him to the other Steelers defensive tackles because, well, mainly because they didn't lose any. They did not lose any this past this past year. Um, all seven who were on the roster were are, are, are still there. Um, <coughs> sorry, the I would say the first one I would compare him to. That's what I'm ultimately trying to figure out. Is I'm going to say Isaiah Bugs 
I'm going to put him at the bottom of the depth chart because he was inactive for the playoff game. So Isaiah Bugs is 6'3", 295. So Loudermilk's got him by four inches, and they're about the same weight. Okay? Then you got someone like Henry Mondo, who was active for the playoff game, but only played on special teams. He's 6'4", 280. So that's, you know, weight-wise, significantly less. So you've got to see that Loudermilk is definitely a size upgrade there. You could even go back and look at last year's departure of Dan McCullers as as 6'7", 352. So he's he's obviously smaller than Dan McCullers um, based on what they actually have McCullers and Loudermilk listed at. This is purely listing. And if you want to even go so far to compare him to Carlos Davis, Carlos Davis is 6'2", 313. So... Uh, Loudermilk is not a big size upgrade in the weight department, but does bring that um, extra tall factor back to the Steelers' defensive line that they didn't have before. It'll be real interesting to see how he pans out. So, so far, it's not looking like the Steelers went really big in this draft. Um, Next, another favorite pick of mine where I feel they got great value of Quincy Roche. Q from the U, as I like to call him. Um, he is listed as 6'4", 245. 6'4", 245, which is definitely smaller than the departed Alvin Bud Dupree, who is 6'4", 269. So you're talking, you know, 20 pounds heavier with Dupree, but a lot of people thought Dupree was, he was playing that position pretty heavy. Um, you know, not, not in a bad way, but I mean, he could move and do things as a thicker bodied guy. And like I said, I, um, when he was drafted by the Steelers at the, at their draft party at Heinz field, I rubbed up against his shoulder and I'm like, man, that dude is thick and solid. And yeah, he was something else. If you wanted to, to look at another comparison, uh, also the departed Ola Adenia, he was six one two forty eight. So him and Roche are about the same weight, but Roche is three inches taller. So I don't know that the Steelers went there with an extra big outside linebacker, but right in that case, I think they were really getting really good value with where they drafted him. So, so far it's, it's interesting. You got a little bit bigger with Johnson um, and a little bit bigger, maybe not kind of a little bit bigger with green. Um, more it depended on how you were shaping it up. A lot of these guys, you're not getting significantly smaller. That's one thing that we can see so far. So we've got two left. Okay. And then we got Trey Norwood, center slash center corner slash safety from Oklahoma. He was listed as a corner. Mike Tomlin introduced him to the safety. The Steelers say they're looking at him safety. I'm I'm thinking of him as sub package dude. All right, so I'm going to compare him to several different players across the board because this one's really tough to call. If you compare him, okay, well, sorry, I didn't say what he was. Um, Norwood is six feet, 189. If you compare him to Mike Hilton, who was 5'9", 184, he's taller but not much heavier. If you're looking at him as being like a nickel corner, which is what a lot of the experts thought he would be going into the NFL. If you compare him to somebody, let's say like a Jordan Dangerfield as a reserve safety, Dangerfield was 5'11", 199. So he's an inch taller, 10 pounds lighter, you know, a little bit smaller. If you look at Sean Davis, who um, another reserve safety that's 
now with the Indianapolis Colts. I had to make sure I got that right. He is 6-1-202. So Norwood's actually maybe a little bit smaller than the other safeties out there. Could fit well as a slot corner, but not a huge difference right there. But the one who might actually quote-unquote tip the scales is where the Steelers did definitely get bigger at the punter position, where they drafted Presley Harvin III out of Georgia Tech, six foot even, 255. So they got the 255 punter. You want to compare that to Jordan Berry? Here's something that I didn't realize about Jordan Berry. I didn't realize Jordan Berry was 6'5". Jordan Berry is 6'5". That's a tall dude for just punting the ball. Um, and I, I thought that was crazy, but Jordan Berry is 6'5", 195. So if you're going to add up all these weights, I'm going to say that they got bigger mainly because of punter. But I don't, I don't know if that he should really tip the scale in, in that regard. But sometimes you look up numbers, and the numbers tell you not exactly what you're looking to find. So it's not that the Steelers got significantly bigger at any position. I don't think they really – I mean, if you compare them to Connor, I don't think Harris is really bigger than Connor. Definitely bigger than Snell. Okay? Then – a lot of these other places you were basically substituting in with similar size. And that's what the Steelers did. So uh, we ran a little bit long with that first part. So we're going to, we're going to cut it down a little bit in part two. So hold on. We're going to have a quick break and we'll be back and see those trends that we looked at last week. Did they hold up? Did they change? How did it all work out? So stick around. We'll be right back after this. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. We are back, Pittsburgh Steeler fans with Steeler Stat Geek. I am behind the Steel Curtain co-editor Dave Schofield, still coming at you, looking at some stuff from the draft. We just broke down the height and weight of every player that the Steelers drafted, compared them to the players they would either be replacing or in the room with, just to kind of get a, a feel for how they compare size-wise. Now we're going to real quick go back and look at some of the trends that we mentioned last week and see how this, what the Steelers did now with the draft after the fact. So I'm, it's funny, so much has happened since our last show that I've got to see, make sure that I can actually remember how I spun some of these. But uh, what, what's interesting is that we, we had gone back to 2007 with Mike Tomlin drafts, you know, since it was Tomlin and Colbert together and broke down every single position out of the 113 picks before the 2021 draft, the Steelers had taken 59 offensive players, 52 defensive players, and two special teamers. 
Well, you can now add three to that one because the Steelers added a punter. That's right. And now let's look at these positions. Uh, started outside linebacker. The Steelers have added one in, on average every year. Um, and since 2013, they had added one every year, but 2018, you know, that's after getting the great TJ Watt the year before, and they added to it again, they needed to, they needed the depth that trend continued of the Steelers taking an outside linebacker, not as much would be inside linebacker where they only had taken 10, uh, but the Steelers also added to that position as well. So that was one of those that said they could, they don't have to, well, they did. So, um, that that was interesting. So the Steelers had only gone two years where they didn't add either one of the linebacker positions, but they did what they do more often than not and added from both. So that's kind of a little bit what we expected. Defensive tackle was the one that I thought that trend was going to break. The Steelers had drafted one, you know, on average one per year under Mike Tomlin. And I said, this is a year they don't need to. Now, I know some people are saying, yeah, Hayward's getting up there and Alawalo's even more up there, but these guys have years remaining on their contracts. Um, and I thought the Steelers had enough guys, but if they had a guy that they thought was better than the other reserves they had that they could, that they could, um, you know, bring along, I, we'll just see if they got the guy that they wanted. Uh, sometimes the Steelers draft a guy that other people just don't see. They don't get it, but the Steelers get it. Those sometimes they work out. Sometimes they won't for every Carlos Davis that might work out that people are like, why are they doing that? There's also the Colin Holbas that don't even make the team when people were wondering why in the world they did that. So that that's the defensive tackle position corner. This is interesting because it all comes down to Trey Norwood. And if he's considered a corner or not, the Steelers have drafted more corners than any other position on defense under Mike Tomlin going into this this past year's draft, the 2021 draft. If if they're going to list Norwood as a safety, then that means they didn't draft a corner. But they did pick up some as, as undrafted free agents. So that'll be interesting to see. So that's kind of a trend, kind of, kind of broken. And if that's the case, then the Steelers did draft a safety, uh, which we might not have expected. So some of the bigger trends were more on offense, which is crazy because the trend it was that the Steelers draft defense in the first round. 10 out of 13 picks had been defense going into this year's draft. Only three on offense, none since 2012. David DeCastro was the last offensive player taken in the first round by the Pittsburgh Steelers in 2012. I had an article yesterday on the website, on Wednesday, that kind of talked about the history of the Steelers drafting so many offensive players in a row. Uh, and what's interesting in all those years that I was covering where they drafted these players, every one of them included a guard, um, which this past year did it or did it not kind of depends on how you, how you look at Kendrick green. But in 2012, the Steelers went two offensive players to start in 1995. They went three offensive players to start in 1984. The Steelers went four offensive players to start. But the crazy one was um, in 1976 when the Steelers started off with six offensive players. Uh, if you didn't check out that article, make sure you go in and look for it at BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. Your one-stop shop for all things Pittsburgh Steelers. But going to the offense, uh, the Steelers did not take a quarterback, which we thought that that trend would continue because generally they take one about every five years and they weren't due for one for 
another year or so. Um, except, you know, the Dobbs pick was kind of thrown in there as an extra one when they went quarterbacks two years in a row. If you just took Dobbs out of the equation, then it was like flat on every five years they would draft one. Okay. When it comes to running backs, I talked about the pattern of where they had drafted five in a row or five years in a row where they did, three years in a row where they didn't. Then there were four years in a row where they did. Well, now make it five. No shocker there. And not only that, the Steelers didn't keep throwing mid-round picks at the position. They decided to go big or go home and got their running back. So that was definitely a trend that we thought was going to kind of continue the pattern, and it did. Wide receiver. This was one I said was in danger of breaking. The Steelers have drafted more wide receivers than any position at all under Mike Tomlin. They had taken 16. Well, they didn't take a wide receiver because all five of them were back from last year. Um, they It's the first time since 2011 that they didn't take a wide receiver, so maybe it's an every 10-year thing. So no wide receivers for the Steelers. Would not be shocked if this is what happens Usually when they don't take a wide receiver, either the year before or the year after they have to. So if you're looking ahead at 2022, don't be shocked to the Steelers double dip at wide receiver. Tight end was when we just kind of glossed over that the Steelers only take one every once in a while. They don't take him in the first round. They'd only taken one tight end on day two under Mike Tomlin and then five on day three. Well, they just doubled that day two when they, they, they grabbed Frermuth. That was one I didn't expect. That was kind of a trend that was broken. All right. Uh, now let's go ahead and dive into this offensive line. This is the very, the very last thing. The Steelers had not gone two straight years without taking an offensive tackle under Mike Tomlin, and they did not draft an offensive tackle in 2020. So I felt that this was what this was one that the, the pattern would continue. They would grab a tackle, and they did. So, and right around where I thought they would, you know, if they didn't, you know, if a really great one was up there at the top, I could have seen them jumping on them. But if not, I thought they would, they would take one in, you know, in round three or four and they, and they did in round four. So guard is, is one of those that I said, I don't think they're going to draft because the trend tells you they go long gaps without drafting a guard. And if you're, and if you're counting Kendrick green as a center, then they went a long gap without drafting a guard. Well, not really. I mean, they could be starting another gap because they had guard um, Kevin Dotson last year. Dotson was the first guard drafted by the Steelers since David DeCastro. That was crazy. They drafted a bunch of them up to DeCastro and then none until Dotson. So they did not go guard. So that kind of went with the pattern of once you get one, you're not going to get one for, for a while. Now, center was the one that I said, this is definitely a trend that's got to break. The Steelers had only drafted two centers under Mike Tomlin, one the year before Marquise Pouncey in the seventh round, and then they drafted Marquise Pouncey in the first. So I said they had never done a day two center, and what do you know? You could now fill out all with one in each category. Under Mike Tomlin, they've drafted a day one center, a day two center, and a day three center because they drafted Kendrick Green. He will be penciled in there, but who knows? Maybe in three years from now, he's not a center, and we'll go back and shift him into the guard category, which could change everything. So the Steelers wasn't really some big surprises. If you want to see the biggest surprises from this draft of looking at their trends, I would say it would be that they took a tight end 
and not a wide receiver. But it made sense this year. It really did. It made sense for them to do that. So those were some of the trends that, that they that that they ditched. Um out the Steelers had drafted more outside linebackers on day three than they had the first two days combined. That's what they did again. Same with inside linebackers. They had the same number in day two as they had in day three. That or, or sorry, days one and two combined as they did in day three. Now day three, you know, bumps up. Defensive tackles, they grabbed them in day three. That's what they did again. Um, looking a little bit further, running back had always been mainly a day three pick. Uh-uh, they went big. They they bumped it to day one. And um, and what's funny is not only is wide receiver one that they draft so much, they generally draft them in day two. You know, second and third round receivers. Ten of them under Mike Tomlin. So it was kind of to a point where if you're not going to take one up there, might as well not take one at all. So, um, and, and, and like I said, the tackles were either day two or day three. They hadn't drafted one in the first round. They continued that trend and they grabbed their day three tackles. So those were some of those trends and that's how they, how they went with it. So there was some coverage from the draft, hopefully from a little bit different angle, hopefully gave you some insight to the players that might not be focused on so much, but just actually looking at their measurables of their height and weight and compare them to, to the players that they were replacing. So I want to thank you for, for tuning into us. I want to thank you for um, everything that you do as our listeners. Um, if, if you have a chance, I know a lot of um, the majority of our listeners listen on Apple podcasts. I do. That's where I listen to our podcasts. Um, if you could go in there and you haven't already, uh, go in and give us a rating. I mean, if if you like what you hear and you're coming back, just hit that five star. You don't have to leave a comment. You just hit that hit that five star thing one time. It takes two seconds to do it, um, and we would really appreciate that. The other thing you can do is leave a comment because Jeff Hartman is looking for these comments, and he'll read them on our usually on our Steelers preview show. If there's a comment that that was left um, about our podcast platform. But make sure that you are checking out BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. We have continued draft breakdown. You're getting film breakdowns from Jeffrey Benedict and from KT Smith that are looking at the college film of these guys. Some of it good, some of it not so good. Some of it's just trying to paint an accurate picture. Um, Not trying to push a narrative, not trying to look at it with black and gold glasses, um, that they're why they're going to be great, not trying to look at it from from the constant naysayers of saying why they're going to be terrible, just trying to let the tape speak for itself. Um, so make sure you're checking out those things and everything else that we have coming for you. Um, and check out all of our podcasts. And as I always finish up with, thanks for keeping out. If you own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all, listen up. CarShield has a low-cost, month-to-month vehicle protection plan that covers more parts than ever. Visit carshield.com audio to find out how you could pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Get your free quote today at carshield.com audio. That's carshield.com audio.
Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions. Supply.